0: First episode of Billikin Babble. I am your host, Carter Chapley of Scoops with Danny Mac, and I am so excited to be bringing you this new project. On Billiken Babble, we are going to be talking Billiken Hoops and Billiken Athletics and getting you ready for what's to come in Billiken World. I'll be having some old friends on. I'll be making some new ones as they join me to talk about what's to come. So, for example, today I have Stephen Johnson of the Daily Memphian on to get us ready for the Bills' upcoming game against Penny Hardaway in his Memphis Tigers. So you may be wondering, Carter, why listen to another podcast? There's the Midtown Madness Pod, the West Pine Bills, Hey Ten, Three Bid League, all these other podcasts around the A10 sphere. And you know what? You should listen to them. But this is quick. This is something you can listen to on the way to Starbucks, on the way to Chaffetz Arena, on the way to the pub. I'm going to be getting all the information to you quickly and concisely. And maybe I add some other projects later on. But in this podcast, you can get everything you want in under 15 minutes. So Without further ado, here is our new friend of the week, Steven Johnson. We are now here with my new friend, Steven Johnson of the Daily Memphian. Stephen, how are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate the invite to come on today.
0: Hey, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk a little college hoops with me. The Billikens are headed down to Memphis to play the Tigers. And you're our guy who's going to help us understand what exactly these high-ranked Tigers are all about. But first, let's get to know you a little bit. Steven, who are you? What's your story, man?
1: Well, I'm a native Memphian, so I'm back home working in my hometown. Like most people, I'm sure you know Memphis is a big basketball town. So most people grew up Tigers basketball fans, and I'm included in that. Um, Before I came back, I kind of worked all over the country, went to school in the Nashville area at Middle Tennessee State. Worked a year in central Missouri uh, for the Fulton Sun. Did two years in Rochester, New York, covering Syracuse, the Buffalo Bills for uh, the Democratic Chronicle. So my, the, furthest, the furthest I've been away from home is a 14-hour drive, but it was a unique experience. And I think it was a big part in being able to come back home. So I did a year covering Memphis football last year, and the time just kind of worked out, and I was able to kind of slide over kind of get a quote-unquote promotion in sense of to the more high-profile basketball beat um, earlier this year.
0: That's very exciting. So this is, is this the best time in Memphis basketball since those Derrick Rose years?
1: It has potential to be. Uh, two years ago, obviously, there was a little, there was a lot of hot hype, obviously, with a James Wiseman and then the number one ranked recruiting class. That didn't exactly go as planned because, you know, Wiseman only played three games, but They had their highest AP preseason ranking, I believe, since in nearly a decade. I think this is arguably the most talented team probably since that Derrick Rose team. So on paper, you know, they actually had to go out and win those games, but it has potential to probably be the best year the city has had since that Derrick Rose, their final four national championship runner-up team.
0: Memphis is one of the more high-profile programs in the nation right now. Can you kind of tell us about this group of, of players and what Penny Hardaway has put together?
1: It's a it's a high profile uh, cast of of players and coaches, I would say on on the bench. Of course, he's joined by Rasheed Wallace and Larry Brown, who he brought in earlier this offseason. I think those two names speak for themselves. You know, Larry Brown's a Hall of Fame coach. Rasheed's a former NBA champion and kind of one of the most, I would say probably one of the most popular NBA players when I was kind of coming up as a kid with the Detroit Pistons on the court. I think the biggest difference with this team, as opposed to 2019, when they were so young and it was basically freshmen and sophomores, they bring back a lot of veterans to go along with uh, Imani Bates, who was, well, I'm sure you've heard about him, most of the country has one of the most hyped up recruits. Uh, probably in the last 10 years or so, they also brought in one of his kind of his former AAU teammates, Jalen Dern, who actually at the very end kind of leapfrogged Imani, who was the number one player in his class before they reclassified. So, those are kind of the two big bangs, but the veterans I think are just as important. Uh, your DeAndre Williams, your Lester Quinones, um, Alex Lomance is another guy they bring back. Landers Nolly, uh, Virginia Tech transfer, was the leading scorer last year. He's also back, and they're bringing him off the bench now as kind of that six man, that bucket gear. So, the Tigers have a lot of experience on the bench, a lot of talent on the floor. And I think they really have that perfect mix of young. Young freshman talent, NBA talent to go with a, with a lot of veteran guys that have kind of been through some things, been through some battles in the past.
0: Now, with most teams having so much what seems like depth is perfectly ideal, but when you have so many guys who probably deserve so many minutes, I'd imagine it can be pretty hard to find those minutes for everyone. Has that been a problem through the first two games?
1: Um, I wouldn't say a problem. There there was a little confusion yesterday. Um, so the starting line of that, I think the Tigers will uh, – Use against St. Louis is going to be Alex Lomax, Lester Quinonez, Imani Bates, DeAndre Williams, and Jalen Duren. That was kind of their most effective uh, lineup in the first game of the season against Tennessee Tech. But uh, Penny Hardaway actually brought Quinonez off the bench yesterday and started his son, Jaden Hardaway. Seems like it was a one-time, one-game deal. He said he just wanted to challenge Lester. But, uh, of course, the fans noticed, and they had uh, their own reactions on Twitter, if you want to check my mentions. So other than that, um, I wouldn't say there's been a problem. It's been the biggest question of the offseason. How are you going to get that rotation down to nine? And we're being honest, really eight. You know, most of the time in these high pressure games, you know, those you know, single-digit games, you're probably only going to be playing eight or seven guys. So I think a lot of people are wondering who's gonna be that, who's gonna be that core group that Penny trusts in those battles? Cause right now, uh, they have a freshman that's out with the injury. I'm not sure long how long he's out, John Camden, but they probably have about 10 11 guys that you can make an argument deserve to get some consistent minutes so I think St. Louis is going to be the answer the first game where we see that rotation shortened down and it'll be interesting to see who those eight or nine guys are
0: so with that rotation maybe shortening are we going to start seeing a specific style that Penny wants to play or what type of identity does this team want to have to win basketball games
1: well, on defense, Memphis has been one of the best defensive teams in the country the last two or three years. I think they were number one or top three in defensive efficiency last season. So they, they rely on their defense. They, they're they going to be full-court pressing, and that's going to allow more players to get on the court as well, too. They really thrive on turning teams over. I believe they've been forcing you – no, know, the competition hasn't been great, but they've been forcing about 20 turnovers through kind of the preseason and these first two games. So I think that they switch everything on defense. They're comfortable with their big man, Dern, and uh, – Williams and other guys guarding guards on the perimeters on those switches, and they've done a good job so far. So that's kind of the defensive identity. I think on offense, this is going to be Penny Hardaway's best shooting team because of Imani Bates, uh, Quinonez, and Landers and et cetera. They have so many shooters. Um, they shot 50% from three in that first game. Didn't shoot it as well yesterday, but you know they still have so many shooters that can knock them down, and they also have those two guys. I think those start-off games kind of playing through Durin and playing through Williams. Williams has scored the first basket in both games and also both second half. So normally he's the guy that go through to kind of open up the game. And they want to kind of go through those two guys because once defense start collapsing, that gives Bays and Keyones and some of those other guys. A lot of a lot of good good looks. So I think Memphis on offense is going to be kind of inside out and make teams basically choose. Like, are you going to kind of clamp down on our big men or are you going to try to run us off the three-point line? North Carolina Central kind of focused on running them off the three-point line, and Memphis responded getting to the free throw line 47 times last night.
0: So they have a lot of strength. They have a lot of talent on this team. If you were to say there was a weakness or, or a way to beat them, what would teams try and have to
1: focus on? Turnovers. Turnovers easily. They, I think that's been the big thing Penny Hardaway has kind of just been harping on is repeatedly ball security because I believe they led the American in turnovers last year. This year, ball control, I mean, ball security has kind of been an issue again. And, you know, it's kind of hard to nitpick when you're winning by 40 or 30 points. But I think that has been a clear area of improvement. And one way that you can kind of attack such a great defense is to get those turnovers, especially in live ball situations, and not have to kind of go against Memphis when they're in their set defense. So, so for me, I think teams are going to, and some of their errors are kind of unforced as well, too, whether it be, you know, just trying to do too much or maybe a guy can't handle a pass. So I I think if you're St. Louis or any team going forward, the best way to kind of keep up with Memphis is to kind of capitalize off those turnovers, especially if you can kind of get them in transition.
0: Which is something we've seen the Billikens do through their first two, three games, is is try and just win more possessions than their opponents. Now, the Billikens and the Tigers kind of traded this offseason. Jordan Nesbitt came to St. Louis, came back home, and you guys got Rob Hornet. the uh, Mm – director of basketball performance, I believe. Have you seen Rob Hornet's impact on this team yet? Or is, is it too soon to see those kinds of physical changes in guys?
1: Well, I know guys like Jalen said they already put five to 10 pounds on. Lester Quinonez is another guy that I think has really kind of, really kind of, you can see that he's kind of been in the weight room. And even Penny Hardaway's son, Jaden Hardaway, who I think has kind of been one of the most improved players over the off season. He looks bigger, he looks stronger. So the Tigers in general, I think just from, Comparing them to last year, and, of course, I was covering football, so I wasn't that close. They look bigger. Everybody looks stronger. So I think I can. you can definitely kind of see that he's kind of had a positive impact early on for sure. All
0: right. So now look, looking forward, looking way deep, we're looking into March now. Is this a team that can win the national championship, in your opinion?
1: They, they have all the pieces. I think the really only question right now is just it's the point guard spot. There's still, there was some talk that he might man it. Alex Lomax has been the starter, but last night the best option they had was Earl Timberlake, who was a uh, transferred in from Miami. He's a guy that's earned some first round buzz, some NBA draft buzz as well. too. So if they can solidify, this is a team I think has to make it to the second weekend of the tournament, you know, Sweet 16, Elite A. and I would consider that a success. And if they can just get, I just say, above average point guard play, whether it be Bates, Timberlake, or, or Alo, um, then that's so out there. They're definitely have final four potential. They definitely have what it takes to win a title. You know, Gonzaga's tough. You say LA's tough, but Memphis has all the pieces to compete with them. It's just about how it meshes. And really the only question I think right now you have is do they have the requisite point guard play that's gonna be necessary where you're dealing with maybe a Tiger Campbell or, you know, who Gonzaga has at the point. If they, if they can just answer that question at the one then yes, I think absolutely the have a national championship season.
0: Very, very exciting. And before we let you go here, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us here on Billiken Babble. A bunch of us are making the trip down to Memphis this week. It's a Tuesday. So it might not be the full flooding of Billiken fans. Like we all might've hoped. Where do we have to stop pre or post game for some, for some chow? What do we, what do we have to try while we're in Memphis?
1: Well, I'm, I'm assuming most people are kind of going to be in the kind of that downtown area. Um, for me, I know Memphis has reputation as a reputation as a, as a barbecue city and the barbecue here is good, but I would suggest if you can make the drive out to maybe like a, a, a Ching's, or a, wing, a Wing Guru or something like that, I would try the wings even before I would try the barbecue. But if you did set on doing barbecue, um, try out Central Barbecue. It's close to the FedEx Forum, not too far, kind of in that same vicinity. So I would say if you want barbecue, try Central Barbecue. If you have enough time where you can kind of go explore the city more, Go check out a wings spot, and I think it could be life changing for some for some St. Louis fans.
0: That sounds like a little bit of a hot take. It sounds like you like you're maybe more on the wings than the barbecue in general.
1: Yeah, because honestly, barbecue, I mainly just eat my dad's because my dad does some really good uh, dry rib, dry rub oh. rib, man. So he, they're they're so good, it's really hard for me to eat. just go out to a restaurant and get get that type of stuff. So I I, I say that Memphis does wings better than anybody else. You know, I'll let some other people debate the barbecue and stuff. But I would say if you can, if you got time, I'm not sure how many wings supplies we have, have to kind of down in that downtown area. They're kind of more spread out. But if you have time, go try to find some wings, whole wings, lemon pepper seeds whatever, whatever you like. But if not, if you want to stick to the barbecue, I would say Central. And I believe Central also has some pretty good wings as well, too.
0: That is Steven Johnson of the Daily Memphian. Thank you so much for joining us here, Stephen.
1: I appreciate the invite, man. See you you Tuesday. See
0: you Tuesday. Just want to say again, shouts to our new friend, Stephen Johnson. Thank you again. You can read his stuff at the Daily Memphian. He's a Memphis native. There's no one who knows Memphis basketball better than this guy, I bet. Maybe with the exception of Penny Hardaway, I'll give him that. I think he gave us a really excellent insight into what what would happen on Tuesday night. I think he knows his stuff. I think there's some interesting things that if you're a Billiken fan, you can take away from that and think, man, maybe we can do something. Maybe we can keep it close. I mean, it's only, I think, a 13-point spread on the Ken Palm. So it's not exactly like this is going to expect to be a blowout in the first place. I think this is a game where you really miss Javante Perkins for the first time. But I think if, he, if he's being honest about, you know, Turnovers being the difference in this game. The Billikens have been really excellent at creating turnovers for themselves on defense and turning that into offense. They've also been pretty good at limiting turnovers. So if Uri Collins can continue to be that kind of not turning the ball over point guard while continuing to be able to get 9, 10, 11, 12 assists a game, if you can get the scoring output you've been getting out of Gibson Jimerson, if you can get the defensive presence that you want out of guys like Jordan Nesbitt and Terrence Argrove, then maybe there's a shot to be had. I mean, I'm not a gambling man. I don't think I'd put much money on it. I think the Tigers are just super talented. Like, it's really tough to see how this team, you know, loses a whole lot of games this year. And if they do, they're probably going to lose them early. They're only going to get better and more experience as the year goes on. Imoni Bates and Jill and Dern are the real deal. Then you guys got guys like Earl Timberlake. And I mean, it just doesn't stop. And so I think the Billikens are mostly going to have a hard time dealing with size and managing that size so thank you so much everyone to listen to the first episode of Babble. drop me a line on twitter at chapley media go follow at scoops with danny mac this has been Babble. thank you so much and roll bills